All right, so uh, welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast. sure what episode this is. Uh, Jim and I are out in the woods with my kids, and I've got this little sledding hill that I made, and uh, we're cutting back the jump. Yeah, so yesterday, no, you're not going to, I have to test it. Yesterday came out here, and uh, it was pretty uh, warm, and so, you know, we got plenty of snow, but this little, more or less little bobsled track got carved into the hill. And yesterday the snow was soft, so I made this little jump. And today, uh, the hill is a lot faster, so Jim cut it back. What'd you use to cut it back? Oh, I used my forest knife. Yeah. yeah. Worked quite well. Bushcrafting. Yeah. Snowcrafting. Yeah. So I'm just going to kick down yeah. the, the backside just a little bit, try to get some of this ice a little better and before my kids go down i'm going to test it <laughs> live on the podcast you get to you get to carry that thing on the yeah so i'm going to test it from uh, just a little ways up because let me tell you this this track is slick it's just faster than faster than hell so all right girls watch out Boy, that thing is slick. Well, oh, yeah, I can't even. <laughs> you can't. You can't even like. Okay, let me get up here and hold you back. Yeah, you can't even like mount the sled. This thing is so fast. It's like literally a glazed ice. All right, let's see if we can get this accomplished here. So I gotta dig in with my heel. That's what I. Okay, so here you go. <laughs> Okay, so we're gonna give Sit it a shot here. Legged. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go. Oh my God! Ah! Whoa. All right. <laughs> yeah. So the jump isn't so bad now. The first thing that happened was uh, one of the girls went down before we got here, and as we were walking up, we saw her jump, and she was like 10 feet in the air. So. Looks like Jim's gonna go. I'll try to videotape this. Hey, we're gonna, I'm gonna video it. What? I'll take a video. Okay. Get it. Come on, get it. No, get to the front. I gotta sit down. So, we'll have some video to put on the website here. Knife Journal Podcast. Not yet. So, all right, well, okay. I think it's safer now. I think it's safer now. Probably that big sled is going to be better than that little sucker. This thing's good. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't go on with me. Uh, I want to go like trying to get Okay. Okay. So, anyway, we're out in the woods. 
we had a Christmas dinner part two today because Gretchen's folks came up and that was awesome. yeah we had a uh, some bone-in rib roast and uh, you know kind of our traditional sides which include uh, uh, you know scalloped potatoes and or scalloped uh, corn rather mashed potatoes the green bean casserole and some rolls and all that it was really good who's going in together so now we're out burning off some of those enormous calories. Get in there with you. Get in. I'm holding you. Hold on. Oh, she can just go. I'll just wait. Why? You want to go with her? I don't want to. Somebody get in. I might hit a tree. <laughs> you won't hit a tree. There's no trees down there. Yeah, there's no trees in the path. Here, girls. Come on. Somebody get on. You want to go, Megan? Maybe Maggie. I'll go with you, Megan. <laughs> Get in, Maggie. All right, ready? Hold on to this. Ready? Okay, go. <laughs> so, the conditions have changed drastically on our sledding hill. It's more or less a bobsled track now uh, anyway so that's what we're up to we'll probably record a little bit more uh, you after Here, we go inside you. okay we'll probably record a little more the next time uh, put your goggles down we're in the house there you go ready, okay, you gotta, ready. Can you hold on to this ready ready here you go <laughs> <laughs> You're going like 80 miles an hour down this. Okay, girls, let's go a little higher on the hill. It's that now that we carved that jump out of there, it's a little safer. Okay, we'll catch you later, guys. Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra modern CNC components and old world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. that he wants me to keep treat because he doesn't have the wherewithal. It's his first stuff he's made. Jim's got an axe that he's going to... Clean the, the, the... Finish off the handle. Yep, and then uh, we'll be with you here in just a second while we're heat treating these blades. So Jim is using the uh, grinder to take the uh, finish off of this axe handle. We were talking about... We were talking about... Uh, why is it that axe handle companies choose to to finish these? And the only thing I can think of is that it shows the grain better. Because once you take the finish off and you take the burntness off of it, sometimes you have a pretty clear piece of metal or of wood. Yeah. So I think they burn that first. Or maybe that's part of the finishing is just 
when they when that's ground it's, it's ground so quickly that it actually burns the wood. Well, that could be. You think? Could be. I mean, if it's ground by a machine, I, I can't imagine that it's a very uh, yeah, it's probably not a very gentle method. No. And if you notice that if you if you use an axe that's got a finish on it, it's hard on your hands. Yeah. So I'll put a little linseed oil on there, but I don't like to get it right. wet. Right. Yeah. Well, whatever it is that Mike puts on, he uses a mixture of linseed and fruit kind of thing. Okay. And oh, so he's diluting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he puts like two or three coats on it. But he doesn't wait for a long time for it to dry in between. No. Yeah, I, I like to just more or less rub it down. And then uh, if you need another coat after that, just put another coat on. I don't I don't really let it dry at all. Right. That's what I think he does too. Yeah, probably. And, and so far, that finish is about the best one I've seen. Yeah. That he puts on wood. I think he puts the same on the, the natural wood handle. Oh. I think that's the same finish that he uses. You got a uh, you got a letter from our man in the field? Yeah, when you're done, uh, and it's not making so much noise, we'll... Yeah, I'll... Uh... Okay, so I actually got two letters. One of them is unopened, and one of them is opened. So maybe we'll open the, uh, the other one first. And... Uh, this comes from our man in the field. Is that the latest one? Yeah. Uh, and this was actually written... Oh, wow. So he sent a, uh, a a brochure from this place in Forest City, Iowa. Uh, and says, The Lake Catherine Cabin at Thorpe Park. And so his letter says, Dear Kyle, as I write this, we... Uh, in Iowa find ourselves in the beginning of what has been marketed over the airwaves for the last several days as the Goliath storm. Normally I detest any amount of snow. This time, however, I'm not stuck in uh, comfortably... Actually, I'll have to beat that out. I'm comfortably Shame. stranded in this cozy cabin at Thorpe Park west of Forest City. I've had it reserved for four days this week, uh, for the last couple of weeks. The snowstorm is just a coincidence. Being how school is on hold for the holidays, my school teacher friend is able to join me. Uh, nice. we've, got, we've got enough food to last a week, and I've packed uh, several nights of uh, uh, beverages, so all is well at the cabin in the woods. And this winter rental weight rate, 25 bucks a night, sweet. Well, how can you beat that? Planning on getting some reading done, bird watching, various stove hijinks, a bit of letter writing, and savoring every page of the new January February 16 issue of Backwoodsman. Ah! <laughs> now it's Tuesday morning, fortified by a spam uh, and egg breakfast, and fresh cup of coffee in the hand. I'll believe I'll do a little reviewing of some knives just acquired. Too bad I don't have any of my own. Uh, too bad I don't have my own man in the field YouTube channel. You <laughs> should have one. Right. So he says first off is the Great Eastern Cutlery Number 71 Bullnose Farm Field and Tool, or Farm and Field Tool. 
This one has an orange Delrin handle, and actually I think Jim might be holding that in his hand right now. 2015 offering is in the 1095 steel versus 2014 with 01. I've been carrying my 14 with maroon linen micarta scales this winter and really like it. They are three and three quarters inches closed. Next, uh, the Great Eastern Cutlery number 65 farm and field and fish knife, four and a half inches closed. Uh, it's orange Delrin scales contain uh, 420HC uh, blades. Uh, one, uh, one a normal clip point blade and the other a combo fish scaler uh, hook disgorger and all the important and the all important cap lifter. <laughs> Outstanding. Here we have <laughs> the Great Eastern Cutlery number 48 Woodcock Bird Knife in orange Delrin and 1095. This one is 3 and 7 eighths closed with a trapper style profile nearly identical to a Schrade 194 OT. It has thin serpentine clip blade and a second wine hook that I guess is to remove offal from small upland birds. Uh, guessing it would make a handy pot lid lifter. Now moving away from the utility series of Great Eastern Cutlery, we have the number 25 Tidawat. How do you say that? Uh, Tidwit. Tidwit. Uh, little jackknife. Measuring a diminutive three inches closed, this cutie sports lovely burnt orange jig bone handles. <laughs> And uh, she's walking down the runway right now. That uh, sheathed its 1095 sheep foot blade. I've nicknamed it the little turtle as the sheep's foot gives it a sort of a humped appearance. Beautiful. The next tube reveals a number 83 Tidwat uh, small Takusa lockback with purple sage jig bone scales. Three and five sixteenths inch close. Sounds like I'm in an auction. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's almost like the uh, um, Victoria's Secret's yeah. <laughs> Angel Parade. Yeah, for, for guys, that's what this is like. We're yeah. given specs. And all this. Uh, our final review, we leave the Great Eastern Cutlery Reservation and go down the street in uh, Titusburg, or Titusville, Pennsylvania to Queen Cutlery for the Shat and Morgan number 60 Sowbelly Stockman pattern. Ooh, I like those. Uh, this is pretty neat. Different knife. Three and three quarters inch closed. It has what I think is called a reserve worm groove bone scales. Um, the typical three inch blade stockman with a sheep's foot, spay, and a bit more of a slim clip blade. Half half of its length is swedge. See, I like that when you're going to mm -hmm. swedge something. Uh, in Queen's D2, this would make a great pouch carry on one's belt. This particular parade of knives was sourced at Frank's Classic Knives. We'll have to check that out. Frank's Classic Knives. Is, he, is it online? Yeah, he says, I see that he's got a website and call or email him with what you'd like to buy. He pulls them out of his stock, and I send him a personal check via good old slow USPS snail mail. Oh. Snail mail. <laughs> this is... This is the way life should be. <laughs> and, and you can hear paper rustling here. This is not an email. Uh, Actually, it's not on the church. Uh, yeah, the, the next one is. He says, document. I'd uh, have to say the dreaded Goliath storm turned out to be a dud. Maybe there was three to six inches of snow. Mid-morning Winnebago County Conservation Board Ranger Rick showed up. <laughs> 
with a front blade pickup and cleaned out the road past here. He pushed a path down to the cabin and said I could park there. Late yesterday afternoon, noon, some uh, guy pulled into the parking lot and headed for the woods toting a muzzle loader and enjoying a cigarette. Ranger Rick said the guy got a deer during the storm. Excellent. Uh, today might be headed back uh, to town to look at a seed wagon and then maybe have a pork tenderloin at the drive-in. Uh, which was the 2015 winner for best tenderloin, and actually that ends up being a huge deal in Iowa. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you win that award, you're like a rock star. So that's what he was up to a uh, few days after Christmas. Now here, oh, and this is uh, if you want to look at this website, it's uh, FranksClassicKnives.com. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. It looks pretty good. And it looks like he sells on eBay as 828-Flash-1. So anyway, check out his store. Uh, always like to help the little guy. Uh, so now, moving on, we got another one. This is on the back of the country store yep. flyer, yep. as usual. Um, now, mind you, the specials are uh, Joy Dish Soap for $1.99, Surefine Coffee Creamer at $2.29, and various other things that you can... Boneless pork. Boneless pork. Maybe, pork jobs, four, yeah. 409 Ragu pizza sauce for 209 should you be so inclined. <laughs> anyway says, Dear Kyle, hope this finds you enjoying the sweet winter of Michigan while we back here in this frozen wasteland are enduring another six-month stretch of freezing our asses <laughs> and getting blown around by the ever-present 40-mile-per-hour howlers out of the Northwest. So, anyway, he's making reference to uh, when I compared Michigan winters to there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's... It's not really 40 miles an hour. It's probably more like 20. But that's enough. Yeah, that's plenty. Um, so anyway, he, you know, that's that's what he's getting at there. <laughs> Knifewise, I present you with our Murphy take of the Canadian belt knife, and Jim sees that there. Yeah, yeah. Complete with his hipster approved uh, blade guard. Where's that? Hipster, hipster approved blade guard. This. Oh, okay. So oh, it's a sheath. The leather sheath sucks, but that's what they come with. I'm giving you this one to use as a specimen of the basic design in case you ever decide to develop a Versteg blade version of the willow leaf knives. Mr. Murphy knives. What was that? I don't know. This is a this is R. a Murphy. Yeah, R. Murphy. I don't know who that is. Uh, also of note, well, this is an M. Murphy. M is for Murphy, and then it says R. Murphy knives okay. after that. Okay. So, also of note is a page from Lucas Forge, and I'm going to show this to Jim. That's a pretty good-looking knife. That's kind of cool. Uh, I, I've got that knife, Jim, which has a wonderfully made handle. Looks pretty good. Yeah, it's beautiful. R. Murphy made these knives for uh, herters, I guess. What is this? Back in the 60s and 70s as the George C. Herter knife. Personally, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Personally, I don't care for the too quick transition from the handle to the sharp blade. Also, as I know you like orange handles and sheep's foot blades, here's your very own Great Eastern Cutlery number 47, Hay and Helper. Enjoy. Your man in the field. That's a nice thing. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And then, uh, then he sends us a comic strip. Uh, that won't really lend itself all that well to uh, <laughs> to reading it. To reading it, but uh, anyway, Jim and I will read that 
later. So thanks so much to our man in the field. We always in, enjoy getting uh, correspondence. Did uh, did it's our uh, freaking awesome? Did the snowman send in an update? Yeah, I, I sent it to you. Oh, you'll have to resend it, or I'll, I guess I'll find it. Maybe it's in there. It's in your email. Now the other thing is, is that we're still taking, uh, a, you know, maybe another week or two some designs for the. You got all those I sent you, those, right? Yeah, a couple of them I had trouble opening the file or whatever, but we'll we'll get them all looked all right. at for sure eventually. Uh, we're still another couple weeks here taking those uh, entries. Yeah, um, we know it takes a while to design something. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, so and it's not like you're going to rip off a design and send it in. I'm sure you guys want to take your time and all that. We've gotten some really good entries so far, and uh, we'll wait a couple more weeks before we pick one. Um, next, what else do you know? Well, let's see. Since the last podcast, we have the Shenandoah just got released, uh-huh. which is the the four inch blade uh-huh. um, in the wilderness family. Um, I got the biggest chopping blade I've ever had in my life. I think. Which is a Bark River Serengal. Huh, I've never Have seen, you seen that one. Seen it? It is unbelievable. You get to play with it this next weekend. Okay. Um, it is it is bomb ass. It is like four pounds of wicked steel. Hmm. Um, I did a video cutting down an ash tree with a Denali. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. There's a squirrel that we should have for next week. Mm, I like my squirrels. I don't want to eat him. Um. What else? Bald River was flying over the shop yesterday. Bald Eagle? Bald, yeah, Bald Eagle uh, was flying over the shop. Uh, That's good luck. Yeah. It's, he always, he's, for whatever reason, he's either got a nest up that way or a nest down on the shore, and he's always flying back and forth over yeah, the top cool. of my shop. Yeah, that's good luck. Yeah. Had a bunch of, uh, finished a bunch of knives myself that sold and then I made one that people liked and so now a bunch of people want me to make them but I don't know I'm making a knife for uh, one of these guys that uh, does wilderness firefighting Uh, so that'll be fun I'm actually making him one and I I sold uh, one to this guy out in San Francisco uh, and I'm making another one kind of a variation on the Grendel for him with more of a Razor blade looking knife. Oh, okay. Yeah, so on the anvil over there. But uh, cool. that's all I know for knives. Uh, I got a bag full oh, yeah. of knives and guns. Oh, you know what I got? Huh. <laughs> Believe it or not, my first blackjack number one. Oh, cool. Number one seven. I never have had one of those before. Is this the one that you tried to get off a of Craigslist or whatever? No. That's okay. a Randall. That's a Randall. Uh, actually, I still see that on there. I should I should have you go get it because only, they're only asking 50 bucks for it. It's it, But it was a blackjack. Right. It was a blackjack. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it was a blackjack. What yeah. a Randall. I'd have drove down here for a Randall for that price. Yeah, no shit. Um... Of course, the conversation continues to come up oh, about... It's uh, a plastic uh, 
Right. Uh, uh, it continues to come up about Scandi grinds, and it makes me crazy. Um, you know, people, how much they love Scandi grinds. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's cute. That's the Grendel, but I, he wanted a he wanted me to make him a different blade shape. That's cool. Yeah, I like it, that. I, I got a, It's just ground out. Now, are you gonna? Are you gonna? Uh, uh, I, I'm, on, I, I'm not gonna hollow grind it. Hollow grind it? No, I I don't know how to execute that grind. Straight. Well, it, well, well, I can do it straight, but I what I would say is is that I don't want to sell anything that I can't do perfectly, and I can't do that grind perfectly yet. So. I'm not offering hollow grinds. Do you? I can do flat grinds really well and convex grinds really well, but I, a hollow grind is a different thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really tooled for that. And then here's that. You know, the number 17 that I made is that, basically, and then you know I did the like partial swedge. Yeah, that was a real nice knife, and mm-hmm. it's got the 15-degree angled mm-hmm. um, nickel-silver guard on there. Yeah, I like that. finish it. I like that. Yeah, that that one ended up. Uh, I got a lot of people wanting that particular knife. So if you look, I think it's number 17. What I need to do is update my gallery with the stuff I've made in Michigan. Right. But you can always you can see everything I make if you go to the Versteg Blades website and click on news. And the news is where I, if I you know, release a new knife or whatever, I. Yeah, you should you should make a deal where you everything that you post in there automatically goes in the gallery. Once yeah, you I do that. do that. I wonder if you can do that. Huh, maybe. Let's see what else we got in here. Guns, guns. Hey. This, Shenandoah. I did something the other day that... Oh. Oh, that's cool. Randall Randall Burns makes these. I think I got the other one in here, too. He made a couple of these, and he sent them to me. So how do you spell his last name? B-U-R-N-S. And he, oh, wow, a morel. Morel mushroom. Wow. So Jim just handed me a, a couple fire steels with wooden little handle deals. One of them is shaped like a morel mushroom, and the other one is shaped like an acorn. Now, these don't fit in our sheets. They're too too small. But they work quite well, and they're pretty yeah. attractive. Yeah. Um, Neat-looking yep. idea there. Uh, what was I was saying? I was thinking about something. I can't think what it though. I was just gonna say something profound too. People, hey Paul, uh, <laughs> uh, been jonesing for your Bernie Sanders. Uh, oh, yeah. Voice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we should after after we talk a little bit more about knives. We've got about twenty five minutes of <laughs> podcast done. Maybe we'll. It, it, actually, we have some talked. really crazy stuff is going on. We, and I, We'd be remiss if eventually we didn't talk about that. We've let's, been, let's leave that alone for right we've now. Been, we've been away from the political side too far. You saw this, right? This is, is that the Classic Light Hunter? Yeah. Yeah, I love this knife. Yep. That's that's one of the best ones that... Uh, yep, that is a nice knife, made, I think. Wow, it's really light. Yeah, it is. That's super light. What did they... How did they do... Oh, I see. It's like a balsa... Yeah, a bamboo. Bamboo handle. Yep, bamboo Are handle. they making these again? No. They haven't made them in a while. I don't know when they're going to make them again. You saw this? Or you have that? one of those? No, I don't. A heli knife? Oh, yeah, but I don't have this model. It's got kind of an aggressive bird's beak, but I yeah. really like it. So Jim handed me a heli Utver. 
U-T-V-A-E-R. Made in Norway. It's got a really nice handle on it. Red liners with a, uh, I guess some sort of a birch burl. Burl, I would say birch burl. Um, but they didn't finish the handle. They left it kind of flat on top. And right. I guess you're probably supposed to do that yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, because every knife should be sent that way. Yeah, as a kit. Yeah. <laughs> every knife should be a kit knife. Yeah. Uh, have you seen one of these? Uh-uh. What, what you got here? That's the Denali. Oh, wow. That's a big knife. That's a beast, isn't it? Yeah. But it looks a lot bigger than it is because it's only an 8-inch blade. It's, yeah, and it's not very tall, so that's, no. what, an inch and a quarter. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bomb It's lively in the hand. Yeah. Very lively. Yeah. Nice. I uh, I took down a, uh, an, an, a dead ash tree with that. Wow. And I'll tell you what, that was a lot of work. Beat yourself to death. Oh, my God. Thank God for axes. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but it did it, and yeah. it didn't, and and it didn't hurt the edge at all. Yeah. And dead ash is hard like rock. Yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. It splits really well. Yep. Because it's, it's real straight grain, but it's hard to cut down. Yeah. Uh, what else do I got in here? So, my new break into a car kit. Oh. So the other day, I take my wife's car keys with her office keys, and I go down and I start a car, and shut the door, and inadvertently push the button and lock the car. Huh. So I took one set of keys. Well, lo and behold, she comes out yelling at me, saying, the other set of keys I left in, in there for you to start the car. So both sets of keys are in the car running. <laughs> and no button to unlock it or nothing, so... I figured out that you can take my little wedge, plastic wedge, plastic wedge, and wedge it down in the door frame, yeah. open the door a little bit, take a piece of paracord, tie a, tie a, um, a slip knot uh-huh. in the middle of it, and drag it down through that beyond the rubber, Yeah. work it down over the lock switch, the lock handle, the little div thing on the top of the door. Oh wow! And and pop it up. Open yeah, door. a lot of cars don't even have that thing anymore. I know it, but the Jeeps do. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I'm happy. So now part of my uh, survival kit now is just a long, a little short piece of paracord that has the right amount of length that I can weasel it down through a door and tie a little knot on it. Cool. You know. Hmm. Yeah. So. Um, the other thing, what did you use the knife today for? Oh, I chopped a the ice out of a hill, so yeah. we so so we could didn't kill ourselves on this <laughs> jump on the sledding hill. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, when I was a kid, uh, we had this tremendous hill, and uh, we we'd pack it down with a uh, pack down one track with a snowmobile. And then as the winter went on and we got more snow, it basically became a bobsled run. It's, so it's like kind of a, you know, like we had today. It's almost mm-hmm. like, seriously, it's like a bobsled run. And then, uh, you know, on, on days when it's warm, you hit it a whole bunch of times and it really gets packed and you go to perfect line and it's great. So we, we did this yesterday 
we went out there today, and it had to have been like <laughs> it was rock solid. Yeah, it was rock solid, and it was just warm enough that the ice was kind of slick. Yeah, <laughs> man, the thing was like grease lightning today, but crazy fast. Yesterday we built a jump on it because the landing was real soft. Yeah, so it was slushy snow, but today the landing was like ice. So <laughs> it was to, like rock. Yeah, we had to cut the jump down and cut it out basically. We used a knife for that. Yep. And a stick. Yep. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. It uh, was awesome. Let's see. Well, we got a big get together next weekend. Oh yeah. Some doing uh, YouTube channel videos for a couple different guys. Cool. So that'll be fun. Tyler White is okay. one of them, and uh, you can bring your video camera if you want. Yeah, maybe I'll. Yeah, if I can, if I can get up there. I think I, my schedule allows it. I know I'm not. I don't think I'm on call this right. weekend, so. Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah. Because I think we're having steaks uh, Saturday. Nice. I don't know if I'll be up the whole weekend, but maybe overnight one day or something. Work with those guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. See what they have to say. Uh, trying to think. Uh, well, you got a new, you got a new uh, uh, Daryl knife. Oh yeah, yeah. So I got another. Uh, my the second Team Gemini that I ordered finally came, and then I've got a uh, a Badger on the way, eventually. Do you ever find your other ones? I I can't find it anywhere. So I have a, a lost Badger. I, I know one of my friends has it. I know I lent it to one of them, but I can't remember who. <laughs> and, they're so, not, they're not and they're not they're not telling you. They're not telling me that they have it. And so I just ordered another one. Uh, That's funny. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Knife-wise, anything else? Oh, I know a topic. So um, I finally got my Michigan concealed license. Came in the mail yesterday. Passed the background check, fingerprints checked, all of that. And no problem. So uh, uh, the the issue is that um, I don't really have anything that I want to carry. So it's a good reason to get a new one. So I was going to look at a Glock 43, their single stack 9, and I want to look at a officer's model, uh, you know, 1911 of some description. <coughs> I might, I don't know, I kind of want a Kimber real bad. Because there's, every single Kimber I've, Kimber I've ever seen has just been a gorgeous well, gun. And Smith & Wesson does a real nice job with them too. The officer's and, uh, model or... Yeah, huh. and yeah, I think Smith and Wesson makes one an officer's model. Pretty sure they do. Um, I have an original M and P. Oh, cool. Before it was an automatic. Before it was a semi-automatic pistol. Wow. This is a, this is an original Smith and Wesson M and P. Okay. Is a, well, mo- a model 65, three inch, 357 combat magnum, military police combat magnum. But then, so so tell me about the M and P. So then, what happened? So they, they discontinued so this over time. This, right. Yeah, this was this was the original military and police revolver. Right. And then they discontinued it, and then they brought back the M and P line with the military and police stuff that they're doing now, which is pretty much all semi-automatic. I don't think they have a revolver that's in that line anymore. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. But I've been carrying this for a while. And I, I took it, kind of took it out of retirement when I started doing a lot of woods duty, and then I was carrying it in a tanker holster because I can fling it over the top of my shirt. Yeah. And then 
I, for some reason, I just started carrying it on my waist. Huh. And I know it's it's heavy. It's not a light gun. Yeah. But but I do like it, and I do carry it a lot. Huh. And my Glock 19. Yeah, I shot that at the zombie shoot. Yeah. Very nice pistol. And then I have this, which is a nice concealable. Oh, a J frame of some description. Well, it's a Taurus oh, version of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know the so so I uh, I my shooting background is that when you're shooting you want to be relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that causes a problem for me when I'm shooting uh, semi-automatic pistols. Because you limp wrist them. Right. Because because the the thing is, you know I. I'm totally relaxed when I when I pull the trigger, and then what happens is you get a lot of stovepipes if you're that right. way. You you actually have to hold it more forcefully. So I'm trying to train that out, um, but without pushing the gun over. Right, and that's that's the issue is like there's got to be a way to find a balance there. Um, I don't know. I guess your first shot is really goddamn good. <laughs> you clear but you better be pipe. very good to clear clear guns very quickly. Yeah, when I was at my concealed carry class, I uh, they, part of it it was an eight hour class up here, which is crazy, you know. Uh, and we had to shoot on the range and shoot under pressure and all these sorts of things. And um, I kept getting stovepipes, and then I remembered, oh yeah, this happened one other time because I was too relaxed when I was shooting. You were relaxed. Yeah. Very relaxed. So the uh, the heat treat oven is almost up to temperature. It has to. This is lawnmower blade steel, so I'm just going to heat it up to about 1450. So it's at right now 1410. Yep, and uh, I'll probably let it sit at that temperature for a couple minutes. These aren't really thick things, and then I'm just going to quench it into into some oil there. Uh, and so it's uh, going up to 14.50. Yep, I'll probably let them sit a couple minutes and then dunk them, and we can uh, have a nice. Or actually, Jim's going to dunk them, and uh, I'm going to have the recorder right by it. <laughs> oh, don't catch yourself on fire. I won't. <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Have you, uh, have you watched the new um, Forge and Fire yet? Uh-uh. I've never. I don't really watch much TV, so. So if you get a chance, you should watch it. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Okay. To watch these, some of these great big great smiths get a task that they're not used to and fail at it miserably. Like what kind of things do they have to do? <laughs> well, for example, um, like the first season of this year was, they had to go through a junk pile. Uh-huh. And pick out steel and make a knife. And they didn't know what to look for. Right. Because a lot of guys now will go to the store and buy a piece of 1095, 52100. Yeah. It's already, you know, a, bl- a blank, basically. Yeah. And uh, start forging with it. Yeah. <clears throat> so they had things like ball bearings. They had things like, you know, all kinds of odd stuff. And, you know, a lot of it was hardenable. Some of it wasn't. Yeah, and you got to know what is and what isn't. Right, exactly. So that was kind of interesting. Did they have leaf springs? Because everybody knows that. No, they had um, coils. They had they had a coil, I think. They had coils, yeah. and they had uh, what the hell? Uh, 
trying to think of what that one one fella cut, like the rod out of a. Uh, we're at 1447. Yep, it's going to beep here in another minute. And uh, one lady made. She didn't have any idea about junk dumpster diving, and she. Uh, excuse me, and she uh, made her first blade, forged it all out, found out it couldn't harden it. Uh-huh. So she was actually quite good because she went back and got a piece of steel and was able to finish it. I think she used a uh, crowbar or something. Yeah, crowbar would do it. <clears throat> and, uh, but she got, I don't remember why she got eliminated, but. But it is kind of interesting to watch, you know, guys that are great bladesmiths that you will recognize who they are. And, like, they, you pull them out of their element and all of a sudden they're not that great. Well, it's hard to be a master of everything. So yeah. now that alarm is telling us we're at temperature. Okay. Just going to let it sit a couple minutes uh, at temp. But it's interesting that they... Everything is weapon related. It's not. Uh, it's not. They're not building anything that's not some kind of a weapon. Yeah, they're not building tools. Right, and so there's some people have a problem with that. It's not necessarily the greatest. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the greatest idea to do something like that. Yeah. What is that for? That piece of oh, PVC. Oh, this. That piece of PVC is for longer blades. Oh. Okay. It's capped, and then. Uh, so what I did is I've got a cart here that has my quenchant stuff on it. I've got a, a longer quenchant tank that's horizontal so you can dip edge in first and do the entire blade. And then I've got a, a PVC pipe that's longer, but it's vertical because I don't, I don't have a trough long enough to have it horizontal. So, uh, and then it's, it's capped on both ends, and I, I can just pull the cap out and then the oil's in, in there. Um, you gotta be careful when you're putting it in, though. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta do it. You can't be drinking, because <laughs> so, you'll hit the edge or whatever and burn yourself or burn your tube. How much fire do you have popping out the top? Uh, it it can be impressive. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. So when you put it in there, you have to put it in, um, not like not right. with your hand directly above the blade, but right. with it off to the side, so right. so that you don't get flashed. Well, I think I think we're ready to do one here. Um, I'll open the door, and you grab one and bring it over right into the quench. Yep. Yeah, go. Yep. And then swish it back all the way. There you go. Yep. Swish it back and forth, and we'll let that cool a little bit. Not this is shut. Yeah, I'll, I'll close that. Uh, yep. Oh, just yeah, just swish it back and forth a little bit. Um, it'll uh, it'll eventually be yeah, it's still a little hot yet. I'd, I'd leave it in there just a little longer. Um, and then uh, we'll have to take it inside. And uh, what I usually do for these unknown steel things is I I do it for uh, an hour at 400 and then bring it out and RC test it, and then. You know, I'll know if I need to rethink how I did things or not. It's probably good if you want to let the oil drip off, and then you can set it on this uh, pallet over here. We can get the other one. Uh, anyway, so we're uh, quenching knives on the podcast here. Actually, for a listener. Uh, 
trying to help out some new knife makers if we can. Yep, now here comes number two. Yep, grab it and dunk it in there. Yep. Yep. There it is. Okay, so we've done our second blade here, and I'm going to just uh, shut that off. Yep. So we're going to shut our uh, furnace off. Lots of fun making knives. Got to do it right, though. Um, the heat, heat treat is the part where you can make beautiful knives, but if you don't do the heat treat right, it's, uh, it, it can have a real right. problem. So up until I had the equipment to both do the heat treat and verify that I was doing it right, in other words, an RC tester, I never sold anything um, unless somebody did the heat treat professionally. So TM Hunt did a lot of my early stuff. In fact, he did all of it that I sold, except for Randy Buckmaster, who did the Marine Raider Bowies. That's probably good. Okay, we'll let those cool the way off, rest of the way off. Do uh, you have any other knife stuff, or do you want to talk about what happened yesterday? <laughs> we talk about what happened yesterday, because I've not had my fix of, uh, of uh, ranting. ranting lately. Okay, folks, so uh, it was a pleasure to have you join us. A lot of people who listen to our podcast do not like the political stuff. So uh, thanks for joining us anyway, uh, and uh, you can feel free to tune out now. And without further ado... Okay, so we're back. So yesterday they had uh, the South Carolina primaries for the Republicans and the Democrats Democrats were in Nevada. So which side do you want to talk well, about Car first? Carolina? Didn't Carolinas go yesterday too, the Democrats? Just, no, just the Nevada. Yeah, so ne Nevada was for them and South Carolina was for well, the Republicans. So which okay, do you want to start talk about out, first? Start out with Nevada Yeah. because I, found, I was kind of intrigued by the fact that she didn't like win by a landslide. Yeah, that was a little close for comfort. Yes, and especially when her campaign manager is from Nevada and he ran her Nevada campaign a couple years ago when she won like crazy Yeah. over Barack Obama. Yeah. So I was kind of intrigued by that. And <clears throat> But besides that, she's going to jail! <laughs> well, okay, so Jim and I have a Jim and I disagree on that, but um, anyway, the we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. The other thing is, is that uh, Sanders was close, but he lost. Yeah, those the Sanders people are going to come unhinged if oh, yeah. he doesn't win that nomination. Yeah, yeah, they're going to say it was rigged and this yeah. and that. And they're you know gonna, who they'll vote for? Donald Trump. Well, I doubt it because he's uh, a capitalist. Uh, you, be, you might be surprised. Huh. I, I don't really believe, this is what I think about that whole movement. That's I don't really believe that they understand what they're talking about. I think that's part of the of the issue. They're hearing the, you're going to get your college paid, and you're going to get your free health care, and you're going to get your this and your that. 
But he has not showed anybody a plan, and it's totally undoable. I don't care if he promises it or whatever. Somebody's going to come to the. I mean, it, let's let's say for example he makes it all the way to the to the end, and he's going to debate a Republican on those issues. Do you think for one minute that he's going to be able to explain how he's going to do that? No. And, and anybody's no. going to go along with that? Well, the the thing is, is that they're they're not going to care at that point because then they're locked into it. Whoever right. whoever the Republicans put up, it doesn't matter if they put up Jesus Christ, right, or Muhammad. The prophet Muhammad. It doesn't matter if they put up, even if they put up Che Guevara, the big <laughs> hero of the left. Uh, even if the Republicans put up Che Guevara, dug him up and reincarnated him somehow and put him up, the Democrats would still vote against him. So they're pretty, if, if Sanders is the nominee, they're going to get behind him. You uh, think? Yeah. See, I don't. I don't buy that. I think they're. I think they're more apt to get behind somebody that, because you got to think of who who actually is. Are you telling me that all of these millennials are registered Democrats? Yeah, pretty much all of them are. You think they are? You think they're yeah. registered Democrats? Or you they're the ones they're... voting for this guy. You have to yeah, be a registered Dem a... Democrat to vote in a primary. You don't have to here. Well, you can only vote Democrat or Republican here. Yeah. So you can't vote. You, you can't, can't vote, vote for... in both of them. Right. But I just so the other thing is is that he says he's a socialist, but. Socialism is the government ownership of the means of production. All right. So he doesn't even understand what socialism is right. because well, he's 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 been asked, "Geez, are you going to like you know take over the Uber and Amazon?" So here, if you want to if you want to get a, a millennial to really question whether or not yeah, they the want to vote for this guy, Uber. yeah, the government's going to take over Uber and Apple and all of those companies and Amazon. And Amazon, you think that's a good and then, idea? And then they will unlock your phones. Yeah, the government's taking it over. What do you think? You think that's a good idea? Well, no. I'm like, what the fuck do you think socialism well, is, you he, big dummy? He, and he's not even a socialist. No. He's a democratic socialist, right. which it's is a Nazi. Which is yeah, it's, it's uh, socialism light. Anyway, we don't need to go into this kook's ideas. They're not even worth discussing. Um, I do like that he's not a business as usual Democrat. Right. Uh, see, I think I, he see, probably think, is the thing that I respect about him is I think he probably is the real deal and he really believes does, this shit right and and he's not taking you know you know why that is contributions you know why that is What's that? you know what his first paycheck was yeah at at the age of forty he was a, became a what a, a, a um, the mayor of uh, oh, no, the mayor, the mayor of right. some small town he never worked a job or did anything he lived on the dole until he was forty years old yeah. How do you like that, guys? <laughs> well, anyway, so a lot of that stuff will come out. I, see, I, I don't, don't think he. Him. I don't think he goes all the way. I think what's going to end up happening. So I think. I think he's going to. He's going to start trouncing Hillary. Hillary is going to drop out, and somebody like, like um, Joe, smoking Joe, or um, uh, probably Bloomberg will run or as Bloomberg a Democrat. Democrat would run as a Democrat, and 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 then. There would be hanky panky, yeah, and 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 fuzzy head isn't going to be, uh, yeah, the the the. Uh, well, I I think that honestly, looking at the looking at the polls of the upcoming stuff, there's only two more states where he has a lead, yeah, and it's like Massachusetts and one other place, and she's like smoking them everywhere, yeah. you know. So I don't see him. But even okay, so even if she gets the the 
the nod. Do you believe for one ins? I mean, she's got to win. She's got to win over independence. I mean, that's the way the the country's divided like a third, a third, a third. Yeah, a third Republicans, a third Democrats, and a third independents. And I just don't see independents that are you know 45 years old that are working a 40 hour a week job, p- paying taxes. Yeah, because you start to feel the taxes there. exactly when you're right. when you're when your paycheck is, uh, you know what, twenty five hundred a month, and you you see that uh, you actually you know you're you're going backwards. Yeah, you you basically you your your paycheck is twenty five hundred dollars a month, and you're taking home seven seventeen fifty. Right, and the rest of that money is just gone, and they piss it away. Yeah. And that that tends to make people really second think all this moonbeams and rainbow shit. <laughs> Unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, I, you know. And so that's why. I, and I don't see. I just don't see Hillary being able to stand up to any of the Republican candidates. I mean, they don't care which one of them wins right now. I mean, if it stands and they're going up against Hillary, I don't see her being able to debate any of them on her merits. No, they'll smoke her. In yeah, a, exactly. In a, because like, you can't. You can just stand there and toss out fact after fact after fact and say, "Look, you, yada da da, yada da da, go see Thirteen Hours." Yeah. You know, I mean, all you have to do is is look at that, and you'll see. Well, that eventually then, she's gonna. But then what it's what it is is that there's there's people that don't give a shit. If the everybody knows all of her history and right. she's still winning. You know, so they don't care about that. They they know that all of this stuff, and they just don't care. So none. Of, I don't think that'll make any bit of difference. They're going to vote for whoever it is. You know, even if we put, resurrected Mao and put him up, they would still vote against him because he's running as a Republican. Did so, you uh, did you see the 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 meme with Monica Lewinsky? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Saying she won't be voting for a Clinton because last time you left a bad taste in her mouth. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like a bad Jay Leno joke. <laughs> I know what. But, uh, no, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But Jim, uh, Jim thinks she's going to be in I think jail. she's going to be indicted. I don't think there's any possibility of that. I think it'll be after the Republican wins. After, after the, uh, you're going to see. A lot of stuff change after the Republican wins. But what if, be what if she wins? She won't win. She look if she wins, we're gonna have Barack Obama take Scalia's place. <laughs> is that what? Is, do you really believe that that's what people want? Yes. You really believe that? You we're, really, we're, you really believe the, that these we're people the working dummies, dude? These people are the dumbasses that actually work for a living. These people <laughs> want to take your guns away. I mean, I don't care. No matter what other social issue you talk about, card-carrying UAW boys, you listen hard, and you truck drivers, and you, you, you uh, uh, all you uh, uh, sanitation, and anybody that hunts and shoots and goes to gun shows, guess what? They're taking your guns away. That's what they want to do. They just want to take your guns away, no matter what. They don't give a shit about the Second Amendment. And guess what falls after the Second Amendment? All the others. First Amendment, all of them. But but anyway, Jim thinks that she's going to be indicted. I don't think there's any possibility of that. Again, because she knows where the bodies are buried. Yeah, but she doesn't know where Trump buried bodies. 
Right. But, but the thing is, is like... But see, I, I what I'm saying is all of this will happen after the oath of office is taken by a Republican. The, the FBI has so much manpower hours put into this, man hours put into this already, and they found so much stuff that it would be very difficult for, for them not to turn a report in that tells the Justice Department they have to indict her. Yeah. Now, would a Barack Obama Justice Department indict her? No, because oh, no. that's typical. I mean, you, you know, they've done so much bullshit. That's not, that's all of it's been indictable and prosecutable, but it's not been done. But if you take, uh, you take the new guys in town and they get the report, because the FBI is going to turn in a report, whether they turn it in before January 20th or not, is, is going to depend on whether there's a Republican in office or not. If a Republican is in office, they'll wait. If a, if a Republican wins the, the election, they will wait till after the oath of office is taken. Then they will march their freaking two file cabinets full of paperwork over to the Justice Department and say, here's a summary. We really want five indictments here or ten indictments or 20 indictments, wherever it is that they stop, because they have they have information about the, the whole trading uh, money for... Um, Money going into the the Clinton Foundation, yeah, and favors that are given by the State Department when when Hillary was in charge, they have that. Yeah, that's what is that called? Mm, yeah, corruption. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Bribery, corruption. Well, you, know, you and, and those are those are hideous crimes. So here's another scenario, right? Um, if if I were Hillary and I knew that this was coming down the pike. What I, the deal I would try to get is for them to uh, say, okay, go ahead and indict her. And Barack Obama, I'd tell Barack to say, look, uh, okay, let's indict her. The indicter, 30 seconds later, he pardons her. Yeah. That's, that's a possibility. Yeah, that's, that's but honestly, they can't that's make probably the, her best case but scenario. They, but but the, guy, the guys in the FBI, they have to have a report to indict her. Yeah, the guys in the FBI might not give her a report until after the but elections. Again, if it's the, the 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 problem being that if she ends up being the president, right? And, and see, I just don't see any, I don't see any scenario where she does that. I, I just don't see any scenario because what's going to happen is somebody, even though it's not professional and it's and and the FBI really isn't that political, there'll be some clerk that's going to release some shit. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. It's it's bound to happen. It's exactly the why you don't want your iPhones unlocked, people. Yeah. Because shit leaks out, yeah. and which is another whole mother discussion. Uh, that whole Apple. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's just touch briefly on that because I heard an argument today about it. See, I I don't think they should be able to to do that. Okay. So. Here's a couple other things that, that they should be able to right, just sneak into. And, okay, but now let's let's take it away from iPhone and put it into another realm. Okay, do you think that you should have a room in your house that only you have a key to, and there's no possibility of getting into that room? By anybody, no pot, no possible way that any entity on earth can get into that room. Sure, why not? The well, problem with that. Have the, stuff that, what if you have prisoners held in? The there? problem with that argument is you can't build a room that 
somebody can't tear down. But you can build a, a, a okay, so, so now, okay, so that's one, one scenario. So now here's the next one. A, uh, your daughter has an iPhone. Your daughter films herself being murdered. And this actually happens, right? People uh, will film their murderer killing them, okay? She does this, but the iPhone locks itself after she's dead. Would you want it's them tough. to be able to get into that iPhone? It's, it's tough because what happens is once you – and believe me, what they're asking them to do doesn't even exist. That's, let's get that yeah, they, out they, on the They table. built it without a key so that they wouldn't have to be responsible. Exactly. Yeah. And so what they're trying to force them to do is make a key. They want Apple to invest the money to make a key to unlock all the iPhones. Yeah. That's what they want them to do. And Apple is saying, look, we don't have a key. We don't know how to figure out how to do, make a key. Ha we made it so you cannot hack into it because people's information is, is private. Yeah. And, and so it, it is, it's sort of a right to privacy thing because they can get text messages. They can, because they can get text messages from your phone, company. phone companies. Yeah. They can get, uh, so what do they need on the phone? That isn't already out there. Yeah. Well, at, at any rate, the I mean, that's the whole problem. I mean, the, the, it's the information. What are they looking for? I mean, they're looking for information that they could find other places. Right. So I, I don't know what to think about it, but there are those two scenarios yeah. that, that well, that, that, and it does make it that tough. are You're, that are thought processes that mm -hmm. you you kind of have to think through. You know, these are these are things you kind of have to. Think well, the thing that bothers you. me about the whole encryption thing is once you encrypt your phone. All your data is freaking locked up. You can't transfer it. Yeah. So that's kind of sucky. You know, if you're, if you're, uh, let's say you have an Apple and you have an, an iCloud account. Yeah. And you encrypt all your data. And all of a sudden you want to change to an Android phone because iPhones now suck and your next phone wants to be a, guess what? You can't. Yeah. All your information is buggered up. Yep. And you can't transfer it. So, and you, once it's encrypted, you can't unencrypt it. It's not like you can shut it off and, yeah. you know, all your data just becomes spoiled when you shut it off. Yeah. So that's that's kind of one of those things where you you typically, what you, the people that should be encrypting their phones are business people that don't want their, you know, industrial espionage, that kind of stuff going yeah. on. Because that happens all the time. Yeah. You know, people steal somebody's phone, they got all of their contacts, they got, you know. But, but the I get the privacy thing, but I do also think that. If the government has the ability to hack into a phone, yeah, they've they already sh they should do it. Yeah, well, they've already shown they've already the problem is is that I don't really trust the government with with that ability. There you anymore. go. They already kind of they already kind of blew that when they were oh, you know doing the, the wires. Yeah, that and also don't forget the whole thing like every single minute of every phone conversation ever is sitting on a server in the middle of the Utah desert. Right. Every time you've ever talked on a phone anywhere. Like mm -hmm. they, they, so that's completely illegal, but they did it anyway. Right. So now that we have established that they're doing illegal shit, do I want to give them the power to do that's, even more illegal that's shit? That's the problem. You know, if they hadn't broken the trust in the first place, we would never be having this and discussion. To be, to be quite frankly, these guys committed a crime. I think they're both dead. They're dead. But they want so to what's... see if there's other, they want to see if there's another, other parts of that cell. 
They want to see if they were linked up to a cell or, or this or that. Well, of course they were. Right. Of course they were. So the, I, what I think is that they should get off their ass and do some old-fashioned police work. Yeah. But at, at any rate, yeah, that, this is a real touchy issue because they've just, you know, they've abused the, the trust so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, don't, I just don't trust them to have that key because right, right. they'll unlock mine even though I haven't done anything wrong and right. snoop through there. Right. You know, so... And that doesn't mean that it's... And if, <laughs> and if they have a key, guess what? Guess what's going to leak away from the government somehow? Yeah, the key. The key. And then guess what's going to happen? All of our freaking shit on all of our phones, all of our bank accounts are all going to be exploited. Yeah. Well, anyway, so there's that. Uh, on the Republican side, uh, Trump obviously double-digit leads over everybody it's, else. This is interesting. Um, I had a conversation with my daughter yesterday about this, and she was like, you know, I like what he says. I just don't like how he says it. You know, he's vulgar. He's this. He's that. He doesn't like women. He doesn't, you know, and, I, and I'm look, looking at her going, where are you hearing this from? And it must be something that's being touted on the, by yeah. the talking heads because generally speaking, I haven't heard him be vulgar. Uh, every once in a while, he'll say something pretty naughty. But, well, he'll but say, still, he's a man. Yeah, he, this is how men talk. What you haven't heard that at your house? Believe me, I know you've heard that. Yeah, exactly. Like, how does I, that bother you? You're a podcast listener. You fucking heard it. Here <laughs> yeah, you heard it here. <laughs> like I know for a fact you've heard it. Yeah, but but you know what? It's a it, it's one of those things that I keep I keep trying to explain to her and my wife too. Same way. Look, people are angry. Generally speaking, even the anybody that's voting for Rubio and and Ted Cruz and Donald Trump, anybody who's voting for those three people, they're angry. And anybody who's voting for Sanders is pissed off. Is too. pissed off too, exactly. Yeah. And so that's the you know they're they're sick of the political. They're sick of the Clinton machine. They're sick of the Bush machine. Yeah. I mean, they stomped Bush. He's gone now. He, he dropped out. Yeah. You know, he's they stomped him so hard he dropped out. And and if you think back, he didn't want to run. He was pushed into it. He was pushed into it. He did not want to run at all, and because he said, "Look, Donald Trump is in. He's going to win." You know, and, and so he was pushed into it by the quote unquote establishment, right? Republicans. Well, so the other thing that Jim and I have probably brushed on before in the podcast, but it bears repeating, is that when you elect a president, you're electing the very tip of a pyramid, right? You, you are electing all of the people that get into unelected office and get appointments and all these things after that guy is elected. Right. So if you have a big, huge pyramid of people, they're going to push you to run. Right. And, you know, and, and I think that's what happened to him is that the Bush family pyramid yep. is huge. more or less. Yeah. More, all these people whose livelihoods depend on getting appointments like that pushed him into it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so... And it just didn't work out for and, him. I and, think he's probably a nice guy. It's just not the right time for right. him. Right. And I, and I think he is. A, he's probably a decent guy. I mean, I don't think George Bush was a bad guy. I mean, I, no. you know, people were all. I mean, and I don't agree with with Trump when he's going after uh, George, saying that you know there was no weapons of mass destruction. I know there were. Yeah. Well, well the, I mean, actually, that's, and that's no longer classified because right. the New York Times ran a front page story that they found uh, uh, weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. there. And it, it's amazing how everybody forgets that. Yeah, that was a front page New York Times story. You know last what's year. what's sad about the thing is they're they're picking on they're picking on the Iraq War and how we should have never been there. 
And the reality of it is, the reasons to go there were legitimate. The way they prosecuted the war was hideous. Yeah. I mean, it would have been really, really simple after 10 days of combat to and and eliminating most of the of the the bad guys in the Bath Party to take the soldiers and put a new commander in place and say you are the new Iraqi army and you're listening to this guy because all those guys are were just soldiers I mean they're professional soldiers that's what they did yeah. for a living and you know what we they sent them home they sent them home with their weapons <laughs> you know I mean well, come on with you instantly created insurgency so you know there's there was a lot of people that were saying that that was the wrong thing to do, and but they went ahead and did it anyways. Yeah, um, I think it was it was probably not George Bush's idea. It probably was Rumsfeld's idea, um, and it was taken to the nth degree because they would not bend from it, and, yeah. it, and it was a wrong. And that put us into ten years of, of war. Hmm. Um, so if you'd have done it the right, if you'd have after ten days, if they'd have, if they'd have went on. The way they should have gone on, we would not be there only in a small force, and the country would be stable, and yeah. we would have a stable mid, you know. But but everything that that we've done since the the first ten days has been counterintuitive to what should have been done. Yeah. And then it ended up with uh, with Barack Obama just saying, "Well, we're pulling out on this day." And guess what? Everybody just went home and said, well, we're just going to go on a two-month vacation. We're not going to blow anything up for two months. And then and as then soon as you leave, we're fucking kicking ass. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that that we forget the details on. And we shouldn't yeah. because it was, you know, so we stood, we stand here today and we blame, you know, the, the war on George Bush and, and how we, you know, there was no weapons of mass destruction. And... You base all your other opinions on that. And the reality was there was weapons of mass destruction there. And every intelligence agency in the world was telling us that there were. Yeah, yeah. Where, okay, so let's let's just pretend that the New York Times didn't write that article, okay, which they did. But now let's pretend that they didn't. Where did the chemical weapons that Assad used in Syria come from? Iraq. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> That's fact, people. So, yes, there were weapons of mass destruction. They were successfully able to get a bunch of them out of the country yep. before we got there. Cause we, and there was a lot of them found there. Right, and a lot of them were, and it's, it's right there in the New York Times article. So, you know, so I don't know what so to tell it, you. Yeah, it's like one of those things where, okay, so but don't base your vote on that. Yeah, because it, they've been saying it for so long now, everybody takes that as fact, even yeah. though it, it absolutely was not Well, it's fact. like the Black Lives Matter thing. Okay, it's we're not same, even going to talk well, about that. Well, no, that. it's the same kind of a thing. The thing that they're fighting about, it never happened. But it got so blown out of proportion that everybody thinks that it happened. And it right. didn't happen. Not not that specific event, but they have had Oh, uh, sure they have. Lots everybody, lots has. Of, right. everybody has. Everybody has. But let's just, let's just say that they have had legitimate things to bitch about with the way communities are policed. And we can leave it there. And white folks don't have that complaint? Sure they do, um, but that's not what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. So, but, the, anyway. but it is. But it, but the thing is, if you repeat a lie enough times, yeah, I it know. becomes. And, the and truth. that's that's the way it is. So, anyway, uh, we should get back in the house. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening, people. Yep. Until next time. And how do they reach us? Okay. Um, podcast at knifejournal.com. Like us on Facebook, the uh, Knife Journal Podcast Facebook page. 
and come and visit us at uh, knifejournal.com. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye.